think we're good. We don't John like Joey Gallo, yeah. Or, or John Lackey. Never discuss them in my presence again, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to episode 8 of the Fantasy Front Office Podcast for the week of May 22nd, 2017. I am Front Office Jer, and joining me in the office today are Keith and Phil. Todd was a last-minute scratch, and he's still on the DL at the moment, but should be back with us next week. And let's just jump into it. Our first topic, we've got a little bit of prospect watch. Phil, what do you have for us? All right, a couple of prospects I wanted to talk about this week actually are already in the major leagues. Just because they're already in the major leagues makes them kind of more coveted. This is kind of the time to act. First one is going to be Bradley Zimmer. Talked about him on the podcast before. He's already come up and, and hit a home run and, and got a stolen base already in a couple of games played on base percentage is uh doing okay you know on there as well over 400 right now what are you thinking about him right now keith he's a guy that we've talked up quite a bit in the early season and in the preseason of guys that i was excited about owning or stashing this year he's on a short list of like four or five guys it's him it's brinson it's moncada it's franklin barreto and a couple other guys so to see him in the majors and, and bellinger actually you know we weren't expecting to see bellinger yet. So the fact that we've seen Zimmer and Bellinger come up is is pretty encouraging. Both those guys look like they're going to have staying power and going to be close to every day at bats. In a league where you can take a flyer, I would definitely pick up Zimmer and see what he does in this first 50 to 100 at bats. Yeah, I, I know we've talked about it before, but he's, he's a guy that he's going to give you some decent power numbers. Actually, pretty elite speed numbers and uh, probably a mediocre batting average with high on base percentage. He's the outfielder, and he's currently on the most added list, up to 18%. So get him now while he's hot. What's a good best-case scenario for him this season? I think I'd drop the comp of uh, Gregory Polanco. I mean, we've seen Gregory Gregory Polanco around for a couple of years. I think best-case scenario is something similar to that. You give him a full season, 18 home runs, 45, 50 stolen bases. Okay, I was going to go... 250 batting average, maybe 260, 265-ish. With like a 330 on base? Yeah, yeah. So definitely somebody that's a little bit better of a bump in an on-base percentage league. He's going to hit for a low batting average. But the steals potential, like you're saying, Phil, is definitely there. And I think he's got more pop than I think he's giving credit for. So definitely an interesting pickup. The next guy, Jose Barrios. He's a guy that may or may not be owned already in your league. Uh, There's probably, honestly, a good chance that he is at this point. He's a guy that is currently looks like up to 67%. Just in the last week, he's up 40%. So that's on ESPN. He's a guy that came up last year and just basically, for lack of a better word, just couldn't do anything at all right. They said that he was tipping pitches, and that's what we talked about yesterday on the Friends with Fantasy Benefits podcast. But anyway, so tipping pitches, they sent him back down. This year, I guess he got called back up, and, and he's just been dominating. So what are you thinking about him so far, Keith? Well, the start that he had most recently was extremely encouraging. He's a guy that last year, like you were saying, was a top you know, 15 prospect everywhere you looked. We haven't had a really good track record recently of pitching prospects that actually produce. So there's a certain part of me that's you know a little bit worried about what he can do. But again, I definitely want to own him right now until he proves me wrong. His potential is there. He's like you know Alex Reyes and Tyler Glass now. All those guys we were talking up last year, he just didn't produce. Uh, Blake Snell is one of those 
those guys. But again, like Glasnow and Snell and even Reyes for different reasons, but none of those guys have panned out. Is he the one that's going to pan out? We're only two starts into this season, so you know, jury's still out, but everybody's excited about him right now. His strikeout potential is is pretty immense. The difference maker for him is going to be whether or not he has the control. They they kind of blew up his mechanics or were talking about blowing up his mechanics after the struggles that he had last year. And my initial thought at that point was two things. One, the twins just are crazy what they do with their young players. And two, it's going to be a much longer road back to the majors than it's been to this point. So all of those things are encouraging. You know, hopefully the twins just kind of leave him alone, you know, let him just get up there and grip and rip. And, and uh, you know, the results seem to be there in a, in a short term. Yeah. Now, the one thing to keep in mind, like you were talking about, is the walk rate last year. Um... In in the major leagues, uh, 5.4 walks per nine. That I heard that's bad. But so far this year, he's got, cut it down to 1.2. And even in the minor leagues, he had it in uh, in 1.8. So he's he's definitely uh, taking that into consideration and try to hit hit the strike zone a little bit more. And I loved how you were talking about the strikeouts. But you know, he's he's a guy that's going to help you in ERA and WHIP as well. I think. Last year in the minor leagues, he had a sub one whip for over 120 or 110 innings. This year so far, almost 40 innings in the minor leagues, and it was 0.8. He's not going to have a 0.3 this year uh, in the major leagues, obviously, but I think he's somebody that can help you in a couple of different areas. Um, probably not necessarily in wins unless the Twins keep it going because he does have two wins so far. So. I don't know. I just think he's a, a really awesome guy. All right. The next guy, since I am a Cardinals uh, fan and a Cub hater, I'm going to give some uh, Cubs love out there to Ian Happ. I didn't think that he was going to come up and stick for very long. Knew he was, you know, hitting very well in the minor leagues. Hit 357 before the call. Or wait, no, that's what he's hitting now. He was hit, only hitting 300 before the call. I just think the Cubs actually losing a couple of games here and there is it's forcing their hand and, and they had to call up their top prospect and uh, see what he's got in the major leagues. So I think he's going to get a chance to stick. What are you thinking about him? Yeah, he hit really well in the minors through 26 games at a 977 OPS, you know, six home runs. He's a good hitter. I just worry about, is there enough at bats to go around in that Chicago offense? I mean, how many super utility guys are they going to plan on, on playing? Who's, Who's going to sit if Hap gets uh, 400 at bats the rest of the season? Al Moore, I guess. Here. Right. Okay, Zobrist and Hayward and Schwarber. But Zobrist plays second base. Zobrist Zobrist is switching to second base. And Contreras. Baez hasn't really done anything, has he? And Zobrist really hasn't done anything this year either. Neither has Schwarber. There's There's three guys not doing anything. And Al Mora is definitely not the hitting-wise that Ian Happ is. And that's their problem right now. That They're obviously pitching problems. I guess what I'm saying is I don't trust Happ enough in his age 22 season to be able to produce at a consistent level to fend off all five of those guys. The he luxury looks like he's doing all right right now. Does he have to fend off all five? Only like two would do it if put him into the lineup. More likely, I guess what I'm thinking is happening is he's going to play three out of every four games. I mean, that's going to be useful though. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess it is in certain situations. So if he if he's going to be your utility guy, you flex in and out on certain games, then yeah, I can but I I don't want to pencil him in at second base every day. I mean, if this if this power is legit that he showed in the minor leagues 
so far this uh, in triple a so far this year and in the major league so far right now he's got 11 home runs so far that's something you want to get in your lineup this year just doing some rough math maybe a 315 320 batting average something close to that i mean that's something i want in my lineup wherever i have to put him and and al mora jr he plays a good center field but he's not really the greatest hitter right now and and hap plays a, a decent center field he's hitting the ball that's what i would try to go for yeah it's, it's not again it's not that i don't trust hap again we talked about the short list of players that I was excited about this year and yeah. Hap when he started really hitting at the beginning of the year it kind of surprised a lot of people including me so he was on that list probably six seven eight for me so it's not that I'm down on Hap I just worry about whether or not he's going to get consistent playing time to produce for you every single day I think they're going to split and mix and match and they're not just going to sit Baez they're not just going to sit Zobris they're not just going to sit Schwarber Contreras maybe but I don't think they're going to sit any one of those guys enough to give him the 370 at-bats he needs from this point forward to be a productive second base guy for you. Well, and ESPN, he's only outfield, though. Yeah, he's only outfield eligible at the moment. So he needs, like... No, he hasn't played any second base, I don't think. Okay. Yeah, he's he's been outfield only. Now, I see him more like the Bellinger scenario. Bellinger was only supposed to come up, fill in while there was a DL issue, and then go back down. The manager even said to the media, he's going back down once whoever it was was healthy again. But Bellinger has forced their hand. Like, he's been a force to reckon with, and they're keeping him in the lineup. So it's kind of, they're riding the hot hand, and I think they'll do the same. They may end up sending and Schwarber down. Let him find his stroke again down there and then come back up. That's the other thing. Schwarber seems lost at the plate. He does. He's batting a buck 84. Like, yeah, he's got six home runs, but Eh? Who doesn't have six home runs? <laughs> right? I, I, I say that I say that jokingly, but I mean, look at the Major League Baseball landscape. There's players out there that Yonder Alonso. How many home runs does he have right now? Came out of nowhere. Shoot, Corey uh, Dickerson he, had six home runs this last week. See, that's insane. Now yeah, we're who, talking. Now we're talking a guy that was, you know, let's top 100 player top 80 player to some people even higher than that that's crazy to me all right so what so, so you're obviously higher on half than i am what do you think his rest of season looks like then <sighs> see are you gonna give me that he gets so many plate appearances or do you want me to kind of all right so given 350 plate appearances what do you think he looks like 285 15 home runs maybe seven stolen bases Okay, so like Starlin Starlin Castro from last year. Okay, that wasn't usable? I mean, yeah, it it is. Not somebody I'm excited about owning, but it is. I think the batting average, too, is pretty generous. Not that he's not a batting average player, but, I mean, that's expecting a lot out of a 22-year-old to come up and hit through 350 at-bats and not pull a Byron Buxton or, you know, somebody else that didn't succeed. Even Trout didn't succeed his first time through through the majors. So I think it's... Maybe a little aggressive to produce at a 285 batting average. Okay, but yeah, you're looking, your comparison of Castro, Castro had almost 600 at bats last year to put up those numbers. No, no, no. So. no, no I, I know, but I'm, I'm saying, like, again, he's a, kind of a fringy guy to me. Somebody that, if he's hitting, you're excited about. If he's not, you're, you're dropping. And I think there's probably a 25% chance that in. Four weeks or less, he's back in the minors. So is he more of a, I'm going to get rid of him because he's 
not going to last, but I can get somebody that's going to last me through the season kind of scenario, like deal the hot hand. For me, he's a guy that if I already own, I'm excited about, and I'm going to ride him until he gets sent down and then probably drop him in season in season long leagues. If this is a dynasty scenario, you're just excited about the fact that he's up and hitting because his value just quadrupled in you know a few at bats. These numbers are all off of 28 at bats so far. So Right, but I mean, it says a lot about a kid that comes up at 22 years old and hits the ground running. That shows that he's got something between the ears that a lot of hitters don't have. Like you said, Byron Buxton is not even really a comparison. Byron Buxton's strikeout rate is just astronomical. I mean, I'm not going to defend. I'm not going to defend Buxton. It was 65% or something crazy like that. Like I was looking at the strikeout rate decrease leaderboard. So who lost the biggest amount of strikeout rate? And like Aaron Judge is on there. Who the, there was a couple other guys on there. Let's do this real quick. I just pulled up uh, outfield. Let's run through and let's you know spend like two minutes on. Comparing a few players to see who you would rather, you know, hap over. Um, that way we can kind of get a definitive on where he kind of lands. Rest of season, correct? Yeah, re- rest of season, just taking all risk factors into play. So no guaranteed at bats or anything. Are you taking Ian Hap or Steven Souza? Ian Hap. Ian Hap or Margot? Mm-hmm. I'm taking Margot. Margot will have more at yeah. bats. Yeah, the playing time's secure. So, but the but you're asking Margot's a guy that is going to get a lot of stolen bases, and he's another guy that I like or should get a lot of stolen bases at least. Margot's on a pretty pretty decent slide right now not hitting well he's available in 60 percent of leagues and half is available in 50 so i mean it's the the new shiny toy all right so ian Hap or dexter fowler oh fowler all day yeah fowler okay so ian Hap or jose peraza yikes um again peraza. again the stolen bases though yep. i mean with the landscape the way it is just that upside on the stolen bases i gotta go peraza uh ian Hap or brandon dreary Hap. All right, so he's he's sandwiched in that right in that mix of like 50% owned. So he's 50% owned in ESPN right now. I imagine it's probably much much higher in CBS and a little bit higher in Yahoo. But I think his ownership is okay at 50%, which is kind of what I'm saying. Like I don't think he's a rush out, and I don't think he needs to be owned in 90% of leagues because you have guys like Peraza that are owned in you know available in 40%. You have Herrera that's available in 40%. You have Piscotty, Fowler, Dreary. All those guys are available in almost 50% of leagues, and I, I wouldn't take half over. Over, I mean, maybe one of those guys, but not all of them. I'm looking at the most added right now, and random mass tangent, but Corey Knebel, uh 50% owned right now, and could probably be a top five closer from now on. So, all right, so let, let's just, let's just, just ju- throwing that, just throwing that random <laughs> tangent out there right, for you. Let's jump off the the Ian Hap uh, Hap train. Who do you who do you have left on there, Phil? One guy that just recently got the promotion, Gliber Torres. He got promoted to AAA, not major league or not the major leagues, but he was, you know, hitting the ball very well. Uh, not anything too crazy down in Double A. It just looked like he was ready to to move on up. So, what do you think about him? Well, as as far as an expectation for 2017, I don't think or I don't expect him to get a lot of at bats. No, I'm I'm feeling more of a September call up. I agree. I think he could be a really good. Player player with good potential to win the starting job next year at either shortstop or third base depending on how they how they go there and I think he 
has a pretty good shot of getting 400 to 450 at bats in 2018. But if he's somebody you're wanting to count on this year or stash, there's probably other guys that I'm more excited about stashing. Now, Dynasty is obviously a different different deal, but as a season long, I'm not too excited about what uh, what he's going to do. You don't think it says something that they called him up to AAA this early in the season to try to see you know what next level of competition does to him, and also the fact that uh, their third base has been pretty not good. Has yeah. been pretty barren for the last few years. So, and I think that they've been playing him over at third base recently as well. So I've heard the same thing. I think he's been sharing time mostly what short, and then he's been yeah. sharing some time at third and second base. So right. Definitely something that's a possibility. What do you guys expect out of him as far as offensive numbers? Because it's not until recent that he's got the big hype behind him as far as a hitter. Um, He wasn't just glove only, but he was a glove first probably um, from what I can remember. I mean, he's always been a baby. Everywhere he's been, he's been three to five years younger than everyone around him. I think recently he started to mature a little bit more physically, grow into his body a little bit more, and it showed in the power last year. Um, he's always had you know over 20 stolen bases, but anyone can steal 20 stolen bases in the minor leagues. That's it's verifiable. Bill Hamilton stole 100-something, whatever it was. So moral of the story is is his success rate really wasn't that great in the minor leagues either. So he stole 22 bases and got caught stealing uh, 14 times back in 15, 21 and 13 in uh, 2016. So I don't know. I think long-term he has uh, potential to be something a little bit less than what Carlos Correa is last year with more stolen bases though. Okay. Yeah. He's extremely young for, for triple a. I mean, he's, I believe he's 20 years old. I mean, he's a baby. So to be playing at that level, that young, if he can produce there, start to get really excited about what his future is because it's, it's a, you know, a skip and a hop to, to major league time. And the Yankees young guys are looking really, really good. The other question I have is what are the Yankees going to do? You know, they've got a, I think a lead in that uh, division right now and, and they're off to a really good start. So do they move pieces and look to, to make some trades to win now? Or are they, I mean, I think they're still playing for 2018, 19 or 19, probably 2019 at this point. Right. But I, I think, I think they're playing for the Bryce Harper and uh, Manny Machado sweepstakes. So I don't think they're, <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't think they're doing anything uh, to take on contracts. I think they're just waiting it out and, I think they're honestly going to try to get both of them. And, and they're in a good spot because they have other guys like Clint Frazier that I feel like nobody's talking about. Right. Um, and so you have two really good impact bats that are not too far away. Uh, I believe they also have uh, Jorge Monteo. Mateo. Mateo. I knew I was going to butcher that one. But, uh, you know, he's a, a good little prospect, too. They've been messing around playing him in, in center field. So, you know, bright future for the uh, for the Yankees. Yeah. Looking at Clint Frazier, he's span about- about 250 this year six home runs nothing special but he's a triple a um as as a 22 year old just something to keep in mind he will be up at probably a september call up at latest maybe at some point earlier than that um if someone gets injured another guy completely separate is going to be reese hoskins he has been absolutely destroying the ball down triple a uh, for the philadelphia phillies he's their first baseman the only thing holding him back is we were talking about him off air is uh, tommy joseph right now which i am not really a believer in and i think that uh reese hoskins is gonna make the leap here very shortly uh he's a guy that is batting through his, his slash line right now is 315 404 and uh, 651 down in triple a with 12 home runs and uh 22 walks and uh, to 27 strikeouts. 
So what are we thinking about him? So he's a guy that I am excited about for this year. So not, not as big of a pedigreed prospect as Torres is, but he's much closer to the big leagues, in my opinion. He's an older guy. He's 24 playing in AAA. Right now, looking at the, the overall minor league baseball numbers, he's number eight in OPS. Um, so he's, he's really hitting well. You had mentioned the 12 home runs. He put up good numbers last year. And he was a guy, kind of an off-the-radar guy, that I started to get excited about. So the fact that he's continuing to improve or produce is really encouraging for me. Didn't he lead uh, minor league baseball last year in home runs? I I believe he did with 38. Uh, Wasn't that – hold on. I got it real close. Was it Dylan Cousins? I think they played for the same team, and I think I think they tied, or maybe one had one more, something like that. But yeah, he's he's another guy, but he's got massive holes in his swing, and he strikes out entirely too much. Yeah, Cousins had forty four, Hoskins had forty two. Yeah, that's just crazy. Not a, not a bad uh, three four in the lineup there in AAA. Right. So he's a guy uh, definitely keep an eye on. Uh, I know we talked about in the past that first base is pretty deep, but I mean, you got DH spots, utility spots, and a lot of times uh, you'll have corner infield spots, things like that. He's definitely a guy in those leagues you're going to want to keep an eye on. And deeper, like dynasty leagues, things like that. I've heard a couple of people asking about that stuff. So that's why we're talking about prospects again. He's a guy that you're going to want to target because I think he's going to have long-term plans for the Phillies. So another guy that is going to be long-term plans for his team, Rafael Devers. He's a third baseman for the Red Sox. What are you thinking about him so far, Keith? Man, he is somebody that I am actually really excited about. Devers or Devers, I'm not sure which one it is. He's the one guy that they were going to block um, in the trade for, I think, Chris Sale this season. Yeah. And so you can look at that a few different ways. You can say, well, maybe they secretly value him over Moncada. Probably not, but I think it's something to be said. The fact that they were like, nope, he is not going to be included in this deal. Um, and that's kind of public knowledge. So obviously the Red Sox are extremely excited about what this, this young kid can do. And I don't think he's getting quite the offensive credit that he's due from some of the other prospects like if you were to ask me who's the better offensive prospect glaber torres or or devers i'm probably gonna pick devers yeah yeah i probably would too and the one thing to keep in mind about the Moncada versus devers or devers whichever it is debate for the trade itself is Moncada's contract extremely expensive and and that's just something that i believe the red sox picked up a good chunk of it anyways but getting out from underneath that and and they paid devers absolutely nothing in the minor leagues so that's something else to keep in keep in mind but so far this year he's uh hitting 320 and has a 555 slugging so he's a guy that you're gonna want to target if you can in in deeper dynasty leagues things like that he's in double a right now uh hitting the ball pretty well so he's Third base is, is barren, but he's a 20-year-old in Double uh, A, so it's it's something where the Red Sox have said that they want him to get a little bit more seasoning down there. I think they're going to stick to their word, but they're also a team that does not seem to care about calling their prospects up early. Called Rusny Castillo up the year that they signed him, and he's 19 or 20 years old. So, like I said, just something to keep in mind. He was a guy that uh, you're going to want to stash now if you can. His offensive ceiling is as high or higher than a lot of those guys. If you just go to MLB.com, you know, top prospects, you look at the top 15 guys. He's got, you know, as soon as Bellinger rolls off that list and a couple guys roll off that list, he's got the offensive ceiling probably more than almost anybody else on that list. Yeah, I would say honestly, he's got maybe top 
five fantasy uh, third base potential in his yep. future. I think he's definitely a guy, like I said, long term is uh, is the key for him. I don't think this year you're going to get much value if you pick him up right now. But if you do have a keeper dynasty league type situation, now would be the time to target. The last guy I want to talk about is... Jose De Leon, and he was traded in the offseason to the Tampa Bay Rays and has been doing pretty well down in the minor leagues. Um, now, he, he's only an A-ball, but he's a guy that there there aren't very many guys in the minor league system that are pitching prospects that I am absolutely just in love with, but he's one of the guys. I know I'd already talked about a fellow organization uh, guy. Brent Honeywell? Brent, Brent Honeywell. But, you know, he, he he's probably a little bit closer to the major leagues, but I, I think Jose De Leon has, has the, the upside of an ace. So that's why I wanted to talk a little bit about him today. What, what, what do you think about him, Keith? You know, he's a guy that I've been excited about for some time. I'm starting to sour more on pitching prospects in general just because the recent, you know, kind of fails. And you see guys that are, are not big prospects come up and succeed. So I, I don't know if like in Dynasty Leagues where you would be stashing De Leon, you know, for me, he's not somebody I really am excited about having on my team just because I think it's more of a philosophy thing. It's not not something specific to him. I, I don't know if there's any pitching prospects that I'm just really geeked about owning. You know, Michael Kopech, eh, not so much. I mean, the, the likelihood of these guys going down, especially the, the hard throwers, with some type of injury before they make it to the big leagues or some time within the next 300 innings pitched, whether that's, you know, 75 in minor league ball and, and 100 in the majors. I, I'm just souring, I guess, in general on what these these pitching prospects can produce in dynasty formats. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way, but he, He's just one guy that his stuff is just electric. And he was a guy that apparently it was the Dodgers that had him didn't want to trade. And then they finally ended up trading him for Logan Forsyth of all players. You would think you would be able to get more than that. But anyways, I just think that he's a guy that I would uh, definitely want to covet if, if I had the position that I could. His upside alone would be um, something that I want to you know keep an eye on. Yeah, I agree. That was the prospect report that we had for you this week. Excellent work digging deep into the minors. All right, on to our second topic. We're going to play a little deal or no deal. Keith? We're going to do a little role play here. Try not to get too excited. Giggity, giggity. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to pick a few players that I want to say that you guys own. So I'll give you an example. The first player that I want to highlight is Corey Dickerson. Okay, so so I'm going to say that you guys are both owners of Corey Dickerson, and I'm looking to acquire him. So I'm going to say, I'm going to send over an offer of Kevin Pillar, and I want you guys to say deal or no deal. Let's get a feel for what type of value Dickerson has to this point. You guys ready? Sounds good. All right. Deal or no deal. You guys own Corey Dickerson, and I'm going to send you an offer for... No deal. Grit. <laughs> well, that's because you just don't want to trade with me, Jeremy, all right? Right. All right. So, uh, Gregory Polanco. No deal. He's injured, right? He's on the deal? Yes. Uh, God, I still have to say... Well, yeah, I would, I would take Polanco. All right, so I you're would, taking that... I would, I would buy low, sell high. No deal. All right. So one deal, one no deal. So you guys have Dickerson. I'm going to send you an offer for Lorenzo Kane. No deal. Deal. Wow. Deal. Phil, that's deal. two in a row. Deal from Phil. Yeah. Call me a non-believer, but I was looking at a st- uh, Corey Dickerson's StatCast data, and none of it really jumps off the page to me. He just seems 
average in a lot of areas. All right, rap- rapid fire here. Sending you an offer for Travis Shaw. No deal. No deal. Cody Bellinger. Deal. Deal. Ian Desmond. Deal. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm on the fence on that one. Course. Agreed. I'd, I'd have to take a couple days to think on that one. Let's switch over to the hitting or the pitching side real quick. If you are a you know a Corey Dickerson owner, I guess, and you're looking for some pitching, I'm gonna send you a couple pitching offers here. So you again, you guys have Dickerson. I'm sending an offer over for Julio Tehran. No deal. No deal. <laughs> Jose Barrios. Deal. Uh, single season or dynasty? Single season. No deal. Alex Wood. Deal. Uh, no. They they both All have right. hot hands, so I, I well, don't know. The the pitching landscape, I know I know you want this to be quick, but the pitching landscape itself is the reason I'm gonna probably take most of these. You're just staying away from Tehran because he's nuclear at this point? Oh I hate Tehran. Um <laughs> that, that that's not even close. I won't, I won't even touch him with a 10-foot pole. But the thing is, is like I said, I mean, Dickerson's not a guy that I see that's going to keep this pace going forward. I feel like I can pick up a different outfielder off the waivers that's similar to him. I don't feel like I can pick another uh, starting pitcher that's uh, Barrios or any any of these guys upside. So I'm probably going to take most of the pitchers are going to say. All right. I, I agree with most of those. I guess, uh, you know, definitely when we get to the Bellinger side, Desmond side, you know, if I'm the Corey Dickerson owner and somebody offers me Cor- <laughs> Cody Bellinger or Ian Desmond, I'm taking that in a heartbeat. I agree with you guys as well as far as the pitchers go. You know, I'm taking uh, Barrios, Wood. Um, the guy that I didn't bring up was Danny Salazar, dealer no deal. Mm. God. It would have to. F- you guys need pitching. Very much league context. Right. Even if I even if I need pitching, what he's going to kill you <laughs> in other areas. No, I would pass. No deal. Interesting. So you guys are taking Wood and Barrios, but not taking Salazar. I was passing on Wood. I've it's, seen it's right, kind well, of I've a seen, wash. I've seen Wood dominate before for half a season. So one of the things that I, again, I think you d- dug into the numbers a little bit too, Phil. One of the alarming things that I saw was two things. His O swing percentage which is the percentage of times that he swings at pitches outside of the zone is almost 50%. His hard contact rate is 38%, which is really, really good. But I don't see how he continues that with, with that bad of plate discipline. Another thing that I saw that's unsustainable is his BABIP is, you know, 393. He's not going to continue at a 393 BABIP. That's going to come, you know, regress down to the mean. What's his so home I, run to fly ball ratio? <laughs> 16%. That's not bad. That's not bad. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's fine. That That's fine. But he's, he's walking. He's walking really, you know, not very much. He's striking out at 21%. So that's fine. His exit velocity is about 87. So it's it's league average. He's not uh, Miguel Sano at, you know, 99 or 100, whatever right. he is. So he, he's, he's not somebody you would, ex- he is good. So again, I, I agree with you guys. He's a sell high for me at this point. So he's somebody that I don't think, like you're saying, Phil, is going to be sustainable. Uh, if I need pitching, uh, you probably weren't counting on Corey Dickerson to be a number one, two outfielder. This is kind of a prime opportunity to to sell and grab some pitching or or another position that you may need some help on. So, all right, let's jump on to the next, and it's going to be a guy that I'm pretty excited about, maybe too excited about. Greg Bird. <laughs> no, that uh, is correct. <laughs> uh, it's Josh Bell. So Josh Bell, the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Pirates. Let's play deal or no deal. You guys are Josh Bell owners, and I'm sending you an offer for Byron Buxton. No deal. No deal. Chris Taylor of the Dodgers hitting really well. No deal. No deal, no. Justin Bohr 
on a nice little hot stretch. Mm. No. No deal. No deal. All right. Uh, Yuli Goriel, the Astros. No deal. So no. you're taking bell, bell over all those guys. All right, let's get uh, Adrian Gonzalez. Yes. No, 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 wait, wait, hold on. I would take Bell over Gonzalez. So all right, so you're no saying deal. No, deal. no deal. Yeah, I was all just right. going to say, God, I hate Adrian Gonzalez. <laughs> no deal. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't. He doesn't. Justin Smoke. Um, this one's tough for me. I'll, I'll jump in here. Deal. I'm not, I'm not taking any of those offers, but I'm thinking really hard about the Justin Smoke one. I agree uh, with that. I would, I would take the deal. I'm encouraged by the numbers that I've found on Smoke. And from everything that I can see... I kind of buy into what he's doing. It seems somewhat sustainable. I'm looking at that one pretty close. Um, all right, here's a fun one for you guys. Joey Gallo. Hmm, no deal. No deal. I'm offering you Gallo for Bell, and you're saying no? Yeah, no. I, I prefer my hitters to hit above 200, not below. Yeah. Wow. Bell's floating 246, but Gallo's at a buck 84. Okay, let's switch sides. I'm going to I'm gonna play some, some pitching. So you guys need pitching, but you own now, Bell. Now let me play a little devil's advocate here because you were knocking Corey Dickerson over his exit velocity and more or less launch angle and his, his penchant for being able to sustain what he's doing. Yes. Uh, exit velocity on Josh Bell, 89. 89, yeah, 89. One of them's not hitting 370. One of them's hitting 240. Uh, right. Yeah, uh, also, that's, Josh- that's what I'm. That's what I'm buying and selling because that's the thing. I mean, this guy is at where I think that he should be. Maybe even a, he should go up a little bit from the 240 batting average he has. I, I honestly probably think he probably should be closer to the 270 that he had last year. So I think he would be a better hitter, and I think that there's some regression coming for Dickerson. And and that I agree. I I don't expect him to sustain this, but not regression to the degree of he's going to instantly become uh, a Joey Gallo, like all or nothing, bat a buck 80 the rest of the way. Oh, don't get me wrong. I like I like Dickerson, and he's been a guy that I've liked even when he, well, obviously when he was in course, uh, he had some pretty big years back then. He's a guy that I liked when even when he went over to Tampa because I just thought that his profile would play over there, and it didn't the first year because he was injured, but this year he's been healthy, and, and it's seems like it's working out pretty well for him so don't get me wrong i i like him just outfield right now in general is so deep the main reason that i like belmore is because he plays first base and i know i said that you know they're they're kind of deep there but i think his potential upside is, is a little bit higher i'll give you that where i see the issue with bell his launch angle degree is just shy of 12 degrees and his ground ball to fly ball rate is not what you want to see no. out of somebody you expect to hit 18 to 25 home runs but his his babbit is 255 and his batted ball profile is somebody that you would expect to hit above 285 so and that's not just his babbit that's his batting average i expect a 285 batting average out of bell he's been a little bit lucky on the home runs but again i guess my biggest point is bell is owned in 23 percent of espn leagues 46 percent of yahoo and 67 percent of cbs leagues he's available out there in, in all kinds of places and i think he needs to be picked up in in a little bit more. Um, am I taking Bell over Dickerson? No, I'm not. But I like what Phil is saying. I expect more out of Bell. I think Bell's outperformed a lot of people's expectations early in 2017, and I think he could actually take a little bit of a bump there. I think he's been unlucky in some categories as far as batting average. I think his on-base profile could actually get better than what it is. So he's somebody that I'm encouraged that I think he could take another little jump. And maybe not in the power department, but right now he's pacing, I don't know, mid-20s home runs. So if he gives you mid-20s home runs, 
a 285 batting average, you know, 75 runs and 75 RBIs for somebody that's available in almost half of all leagues. That's Joey Votto two years ago. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I think, you know, and again, he's, I don't know, what age is he? 24. 24? Yeah. So in, in dynasty formats, when he hits his power potential or power peak, I guess, you know, some could argue that's 25 now instead of 27, but when he starts to hit his power peak, you know, does he flex into 30 home runs? And if he flexes into 30 home runs, I don't think he's a player that's going to sacrifice batting average on base, contact skills. You know, we talked about O-swing for Corey Dickerson where he's swinging 50% of the time on, on stuff that's outside of the zone. Josh Bell's 25% of the time. Oh, yeah. Josh Bell's got a damn good eye. That He was he was dominating the minors. Let me pull up his minor league numbers for really quick because, I mean, he, he wasn't necessarily a power guy ever, but he always had a 300 batting average with close to a 400 on base percentage. So he's a guy that is not the profile that you're seeing currently. And I think that if he can keep some of that power that he's gained with going, you know, a little bit closer to where that average and on base percentage was like you were talking about, I think he's a guy that, you're definitely going to want to own. I I agree. And I'll I'll leave with this. I guess I can see his ceiling as being the average of Adrian Beltre's career. Dig into the profile numbers. I think their profiles actually kind of match up. Maybe not Adrian Beltre the last five or six years. Definitely not when he, when he was with, with with the Dodgers. But what the average of what his career is, is kind of what you could see as Josh Bell's ceiling. So what his career averages are, and I'm probably going to get blasted for this, uh, this comp here, but it kind of speaks to how much I trust what Bell can do. His 162-game average for Beltre over his 19-year career, which is a pretty big career, 27 right. home runs, 94 RBIs, a 340 on base percentage, a 480 slug, an 818 OPS. I mean, I think that's what Josh Bell could do in his age 26 season. Yeah, very true. That could be. But as for right now in a season, I would take him All over right. some players, but not. Okay, just uh, just somebody to kind of keep an eye on. All right, so on the pitching side, let's just finish up the, the Josh Bell deal or no deal. Zach Wheeler. I'm sending an offer for Zach Wheeler. Are you guys taking it or, or deal or no deal? No deal. No deal. Okay. Zach Godley. No deal. No deal. Fernando Rodney. <laughs> no. Do I? I don't want a dumpster fire. I'm, I'm good. No deal. Drew, Drew Pomerantz. Drew Pomerantz? I'll take that. Ooh, I, I so wouldn't. You, so you'll no take deal. Pomerantz over Bell. And, and the reason why I highlighted those four players is they're all owned in about the same amount of leagues as Josh Bell is. So if you have somebody that's looking at potential trade offers, you know, that's somebody you could, I think you could send a, a really bad closer like Fernando Rodney and pick up a really high upside bat like Josh Bell. Especially like Zach Godley. If you own Zach Godley right now and somebody's ex- excited about him, send him over, pick up Josh Bell, and reap the benefits for the next, you know, eight weeks of that deal. All right. So the last player that I want to highlight in the deal or no deal is Andrew Benintendi. When you look at Benintendi over this short 41 or 42 game season, he's been consistent on a lot of parts, but also he's had an interesting stretch. So in his first 20 games, he had a 400 on base percentage, a slug of 418 and an 818 OPS. So good batting average. In his next 21 games, his most recent 21 games, he batted just 232. A very similar, I guess, on base is 313, so down almost 85 points, and his slug was right there in line, 418, first 24, or first 20, 427. So he does a has a rough little stretch. When I first highlighted Ben Benintendi, I thought that I was going to be selling, but the more that I look into his numbers, I'm pretty encouraged by what his profile looks like. So let's talk about it for a second. 
he's universally owned in all leagues uh, are pretty close, 94 to 95% across the ESPN, Yahoo, and CBS. Now, exit velocity at 87. So, again, nothing to get too excited about. Launch angle of 15. Um, strikeout percentage is, is pretty good, 15%. So he's not, uh, you know, somebody that's going to strike out too much. Uh, walk percent is 10%. Ground ball to fly ball rate, 0.73. So that's encouraging. I mean, he's got a really low home run to fly ball rate at 7%. So somebody that I think has been a little bit unlucky in that department. Every, everywhere I look is really control controlled swing, hard contact rate of 36%. These are all really encouraging things. Uh, BABIP of just 302. So he's not, he doesn't have a 400 BABIP like... Uh, Corey Dickerson does. So the more that I dug into the numbers, the more I was encouraged about maybe a buy low opportunity with Andrew Benintendi. And he's not even a guy that I was encouraged about coming into the season. But I like that he's, you know, stolen a few bags so far. I think he has, what, five on the season. Um, So let's play a little deal or no deal with Andrew Benintendi. All right, so you guys are Benintendi owners, and I'm going to send an offer over offering you Eduardo Nunez. No deal. No, no deal. Uh, Avicel Garcia. No deal. Nope. Chris Owings. No deal. No. Okay, I would I would agree with all of those. All right, about to get really interesting. Michael Conforto. Yes. Deal. Interesting. I would uh, take him over a lot of guys. I think he had two home runs tonight. Uh, so, all right, Carlos Gonzalez, who by the way has a 6.66 OPS. Mm, yeah, yeah, I would take that deal. So you're gonna take Cargo over Benintendi, Jeremy? Ah, uh, ah. Uh... Mm, no, I would not. Cargo always starts slow. Middle of May is when he usually heats up. And Coors can fix a lot of things. Right. All right. Correct. Uh, last, last two is Jose Bautista. Oh, yeah. I was beating the Jose Bautista drum a while ago, so still keep going. Yeah, I would. Last person on my, my hitter list is Christian Yelich. Yes. Yeah. Man, I'm pretty scared about what Yelich is doing right now. He is not somebody I'm excited about owning. I guess I wasn't excited about owning him before, but not uh, not really excited right now. All right, so I think that the line was right there about Chris Owings and Michael Conforto. I think, you know, after that, you guys are taking the deal for Conforto, Gonzalez, Batista, and Yelich. Um, I agree with most of those, but, man, I'm not excited about getting Yelich if, uh, if that's the one you get. Um, let's switch over to the pitching side. So you guys own Benintendi, and I'm going to offer you some pitching because you need some help. Uh, John Lackey. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, I'm that sorry. Was- that was uh, a that, that was a that, genuine laugh. That that was uh yeah, it it was hard to not um laugh. I strongly dislike John Lackey as a Cardinals fan, oddly enough, but I would definitely not want to own him in any fantasy league at this point. So you're not liking John Lackey, huh? No. No, not <laughs> at all. All right, how about how about Dylan Bundy? The peripherals or I can't even do the word right now. So, um let me uh no. All right, Lance McCullers. Yes. Mm, no, there's there's so regression. Ben Attendee, huh? All right, what about Garrett Cole? Last one. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I might do that reluctantly. Yes. I was a little bullish on Garrett Cole coming into the season, and I'm really optimistic about him going forward. All right, so that was uh, that was deal or no deal. All right, time to dig into the mailbag. First question is from Mark. I need to add an outfielder off of waivers. Do I go Reddick, Souza, or Domingo Santana? No, that's an easy one for me. Yeah, so which one? I'm going with Santana. Yeah, I think the upside for uh, the stolen bases and for the home runs, I think Domingo Santana, plus he's been on a little bit of a tear lately, so I think uh, it kind of makes it easy. I think Santana was the my most drafted player in the seven or eight leagues that I was in. Mostly because a lot of those are, you know, deep dynasty leagues or something like that. But 
he was kind of my, in standard leagues, he was one of the last guys that I added. And he was somebody that I was excited about getting in, you know, deeper dynasty leagues and in, in some of the rounds. But I think if I looked at all my players that I drafted this year, I think Santana was probably the most universally drafted for me. I would agree. Craig would like to know, when is it okay to cut bait on Aaron Sanchez? I think now would be an easy time to be able to do that. Isn't he out for quite a while at this point? He's got that lacerated finger, I think, you know, which is a fancy way of saying, you know, his blister popped. Or he's got the tip of his finger that's kind of continued to, you know, blister and and scab or whatever it is. That's what it is. It just seems like that he's going to be out forever, I guess. Guys like that, I just don't ever really know what to do with. So, I mean, if someone will give you something for him, maybe you can dangle him out there. I know he's been traded a lot in a couple leagues that I'm in. Try to see what you can get. Someone will give you something that's better than off the waivers, so... I wouldn't drop him, but I would definitely try to get rid of him. I would agree. I would be trying to get rid of him. He's approaching Rich Hill area with that blister issue. This is his third trip to the DL already. So, yeah, I'd make a deal for him. Granted, he's only 24. I'm pretty hard on Rich Hill, um, so I guess I have to be equally hard on on Sanchez. I don't think their risk levels are the same. I think Hill, it's been a systemic thing for his entire career. And Sanchez, it's, you know, relatively young career, but something that's just kind of, you know, he's battled, you know, recently. Um, When healthy, I'm encouraged by what Sanchez can do. I like to see his K rate a little bit higher than than what it is, especially if he's going to pitch, you know, in the in the AL East. But yeah, I'm okay with dropping him and, and picking up one of the hot pitchers that that's uh, you know pitching lights out and just kind of playing the the stream game. All right, Tim would like to know: Should I have an extreme or moderate distrust of Coda Glover? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite questions I've got in a, in a while. I um, would have as as much distrust in him as you distrust uh dusty baker and if history has proven anything um you really can't trust dusty baker so it's not for me that i uh distrust him It, it again what you're saying phil is a very valid point because i just don't think that anyone in that bullpen is going to get more than double digit saves maybe from this point on because it's 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 very possible that one of two things happen. Either, you know, he keeps the job for, you know, a few weeks, gets a few saves, blows a save, gets replaced. They get a few saves, blows a save, gets replaced until they trade for somebody that's, that's a real, you know, ninth inning guy. So I I don't think I'm investing in any of the nationals closer by committee or any of their closers right now. I just don't think, it's a long-term option. Right. We were pretty high on that whole bullpen, a couple guys in there early in the season, but just the way Dusty's been using them, it's really just, okay, we need to take a step back. We need to just not put any emphasis on them right now. It's not the way just Dusty's been using them. A lot of them have struggled. Kelly struggled hard at the beginning of the season. Didn't didn't try and blow a few saves right at the beginning of the year, too. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's not that he didn't try different options. It's the options just didn't do well every single time. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't trust dusty but also when given the opportunity none of them have have seized their moment so i don't think any of them are gonna do that going forward i think it is gonna be somebody else that's you know a trade possibility but 
I think that's going to wait um, probably sometime in, in July because that's when someone's going to be able to get the most value out of it because then there'll be a bidding war. So I just that's what I think. All right, on to one more uh, mailbag question here. What are we doing with Alex Wood? Do you believe his torrid start is for real? Are we looking to add him or trade off any of our shares? And this one comes in from Yancey. I don't think you can get a return value on him right now for the potential that he can be over the next 120 innings. What are you going to get in return for Alex Wood right now? You need a top 50 bat? Well, I mean, if you look at it, he's 26 years old, has a career 8.4 strikeout for nine. This year is uh, 10.9. Last year it was right at 10. He's cut his walk rate down a little bit this year. Strikeout the walk is something that I've talked about a lot on here. Um, 4.0, which is pretty damn good. I don't know. I think I think I would kind of buy into what he's doing. He's always been someone that's, you know, maybe mid threes, maybe a little bit higher of an ERA, a couple years a little bit lower than than that but man i don't know his fip actually supporting his fip and his era are almost identical 1.88 for his era and 1.89 for his fip so i mean i'm not saying that he's going to keep up this pace but i do see how he could you know maybe end the season with a sub three era because he's already got almost you know, 45 uh, innings in the bank. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think you're going to get enough return value. Like, what are you going to trade him for Zach Cozart, for for Travis Shaw, for Jed Jerko, for Jason Kipnis? Oh, if I would pay for him at this point is what I'm saying. Like, if he was ah, on a different gotcha. team and, and, and someone was asking, you know, like, if I didn't have him and I see him out there, I'm targeting him at this point. But if someone is coming at me with an offer of, you know, Zach Cozart and I have him, that's going to be laughed out the door. Yeah, there's not a lot of starting pitchers that I'm going to give up for Wood. I guess if I had an excess of pitching, which I don't think exists in, in today's, you know, fantasy baseball. I don't know. Your um, team is pretty I, stacked. Yeah, well, that's a, yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> would, you give, um, would, would you give up Alex Cobb? Absolutely. For Alex Wood? Yes. See what I'm saying? I feel like that we're talking the same language. Yeah. Consider yourself lucky that you either drafted him or probably picked him up off waivers. And unless somebody's going to give you like a top 50 bat, I would definitely hold. Right. Because more than likely you bought in low or as low as possible. And you're not going to get equal return on investment there by trading him away let's see how how far the hype is at this point are you guys taking alex wood or or addison russell owned in 85 percent of leagues i I don't like addison russell so you just made that really easy all right uh alex wood or michael conforto oh conforto God, you made that really tough. Actually. I know, I I know, um, I did. That's Conf- it. That's it. Conforto, but that's just because I think that he can be a top fifteen bat. Right. All right. What about uh, Alex Wood or Kyle Schwarber? Oh God, you pick Cubs that suck. <laughs> Alex Wood. Alex Wood or Starlin Castro owned in ninety three percent of leagues. You know, this might be the year for uh, Starlin Castro, but I still would uh, keep Alex Wood. Alex Wood or Ian Kinsler owned in 95% of leagues. I think that would be tough and depend on my team, but in a vacuum, I think I would take Alex Wood right now because of the pitching landscape that's going on. All the pitchers that are injured, I think maybe he's a top 30 starter right now. Uh, all right, last one, and I think I know the answer to this, but Alex Wood or Edwin Encarnacion 
owned with a 709 OPS. Owned in 96% of leagues. I take Edwin. Agreed. I would too. That and that's where I think that's what I think you're going to have to be asking for. I think you're asking for Edwin was like a like an 18th overall pick. I think you're asking for a top 50 bat absolutely for what the potential he's going to fill over the next 75 to 100 innings. Now I don't expect much more after that, but I think if he continues somewhat at this pace, he's going to be extremely valuable and may win you some leagues. And that'll wrap up the mailbag. Diving into, well, Todd's on the DL, so we're going to have a brief third topic here, and we're going to go into a little bit of fantasy predictions here. This part, we're going to say seven days between now and the next recording, who will have the most home runs? Are are we counting tonight's stats? No. No. VR has three stolen bases already. (laughs) Um... Who will have the most home runs in the next seven days by the next recording? Seven days. I'm going to go with uh, Charlie Blackman. Do you have a prediction on how many? Let's say three. Three. Lead the league in seven days. Keith. I am going to go with Joey Gallo with four. Doubling down on the Gallo there. I would probably go with... I'm thinking... I'm going to say J.D. Martinez with four. Oh, that's a good one. Match match what he put out last week that won him player of the week. Yeah, that's a really good one. Let's go. Who's going to have the most stolen bases? Uh, Billy Hamilton. Safe <laughs> bet. How many, Keith? Uh, let's say with five. All, All right. right, Phil. Lorenzo Cain. Ooh, I like it. And how many? With four. That's aggressive. Granted, Billy Hamilton is kind of a safe bet there, Keith, because, I mean, he went 0 for 5 yesterday and still had two stolen bases. Well, doesn't Lorenzo Cain have quite a few stolen bases this year, though? Yeah, but he's batting 074 in the last seven days. Uh, yeah, he's got 12 stolen bases yeah. in the season. You guys had me down myself for a second here. <laughs> I'm going to say Trey Turner, 3. Trigger Trey? Yeah. You know, that would be a really good uh, guess. Except for the fact that uh, he he's got a two sixty five on base percentage, so it's tough to steal bases if you're not on base. Also, also he, he sucks. He still stole three last week, so potential. Did I mention he sucks? Oh, I think I think also maybe? I, don't don't <laughs> don't quote me on this, but I think he's the only player, the only bat drafted in the top twenty five players overall this year with a OPS below six seventy five. I'm quoting you on it because I don't care if it's I don't care if it's fake news. That's good news. I I, I guess Cargo also has like a 666 OPS, <laughs> so he's he's one of two guys uh, with with an absolutely atrocious OPS. Um, you know, a third of the way into the season. All right, I got a third category for you that's going to be kind of out of the blue. Who is going to lead the league in hits? And just for reference. Mark Trumbo, of all people, led in the last seven days with 15. Jose Altuve. Uh, Gene Segura. Ah, nice picks. Nice picks. I'm going to ride the hot hand, Corey Dickerson. You know what? I'm, ch- I'm changing my pick to, to Goldschmidt. <laughs> Todd, Todd, I feel you. I feel you. I knew you would have picked him on one of these <laughs> categories. Probably all three. So just, just so that you're out there and we know that you're out there, Goldschmidt is going to have the most hits in the major leagues. All right, we'll check back in next week and see how close we were or mm, how far off we were because last week we were pretty terrible. (laughs) Yeah, 
Logan Morrison had one home run to, to lead the home run race. Lead the podcast. Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy, he uh, he's one nothing on us. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Where can the people find you? All right, you can check me out at fantasy underscore Keith. Continue to send in your questions. We love hearing from you guys. And I am at the baseball Jedi. Also starting to write a couple of things or trying to for uh, prospects 1500 covering the Cardinals for them. Trying to get my top 50 updated over there. So that's going to be pretty cool too. Nice. Our normal third chair, Todd, can be found at Goldie Happens. I have been at Front Office Jer, and make sure to tweet the podcast at Fan Front Office. And until next week, we have been the Fantasy Front Office. What? what? Boom!